Crush Gasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, a dad who's admittedly a youth sports crazy person, Steve Muddle, a media nerd and co-host of the Notes Magoats podcast, who is here to talk not only about the show, but also his crush on a Nickelodeon icon, Larissa Olenek, aka Alex Mack. Steve, how are you? I am doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk Nickelodeon. Yeah, right? I thought I'd you know, jump into a little bit of the, the 90s Nickelodeon stuff. And before we dive into the crush, I want to ask if you happen to fancy Melissa Joan Hart before Larissa, because Larissa, you know, explains it all, came on a few years prior. Yes. And I was more, more Melissa Joan Hart with Sabrina, though, I think. Sabrina was, I, I loved her and Sabrina, but it was kind of like, she seemed older. I, mean, I know she was older than what her character was, but then like me, I mean, because that was, I think Sabrina was more, I mean, I know she was playing a high schooler, but she looked like she was in college and I was like middle school, early high school. So it's like, she's way too old for me, but so yes. part of the allure. Oh uh, yeah. So it's there. I I was a big Harvey Kinkle fan. There we go. So, I'm more like, I'm more like Salem. Um, <laughs> you know, the ants were always cool too. Carolyn Ray is amazing. Oh, yeah. She's so funny. Went to 90s con. Mm, um, really? Yeah, in March. And the cast of Sabrina was there. And oh, I saw that. She kind of like, Caroline Ray kind of did anything. They had that chick from almost um, that show, Kim Possible, the voice of her. She was like even Stevens. Oh, yeah, she was Kelsey. even Stevens. Um, she was kind of hosting every panel, but Caroline Ray did a couple of them. And the ones she did were way better. You know, <laughs> no shade to the other girl, but... <laughs> she's so well she's she's been around for a while and she's just so quick on her feet like she's just so fast like i loved it because they were actually in the netflix sabrina show they did a cameo in there what i must have stopped watching by the time it got it got kind of dark and deep but they did it was like one that was one of the later seasons they did a, the the two ants the quick cameo melissa joan hart didn't but the two ants did so then of course came the wild ride that is the secret world of alex mack yes. were you watching it like as it aired or were you more enjoying it in syndication uh, mostly as it aired, I am a little bit older, so I'm I'm almost 38. I just turned 38, actually. Wow. So I'm late 30s. So I watched it more in syndicate or when it was out and then a little in syndication as well. But it was the 90s. So you didn't if you recorded it, it was recorded on videotape somewhere. So you had to kind of pick it up when it was there. But it was always in the same around the same time as like, hey, dude, or salute your shorts. So like when like teen sitcoms were a thing, I guess. So it's kind of cool to watch. But I, I picked it up mostly just uh just when it came out when it went it on tv and like was it just because there was nothing else on or were you did you see a commercial and be like oh i have to watch that that girl's pretty or that looks like a good plot she's melting yes <laughs> uh, all of the above um so yes that girl's pretty that was a good thing but like in that time frame like the the teen sitcoms that were on nickelodeon and then the disney channel mm-hmm. were I mean, they were what was cool. So like you watched those Disney Channel original movies and then you watched like what was going on Nickelodeon before it became what it is now. And it was kind of what to watch between that and like uh, TGIF on ABC. Like, I don't know. I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. My mom worked a lot, so we were home. But it just seemed like a cool concept. And then I was also like, I, I guess I, I was, I still am also a huge nerd. So like, it just seemed like really cool and kind of funny as a like a offbeat show it, the show itself i actually went back and watched a couple episodes the show itself is not great um it's not it did not hold up 
but for like 90s like shtick it's good i mean it's like watching the power rangers in the early 90s it's the same basic idea no power rangers fully hold i think the movie holds up the movie holds up the, the show, movie some episodes i like just have a memory of them a little bit more maybe because they're closer to my heart but yes yes i would agree that the show the show well it'd be, after you watch like the like like two or three episodes they always follow the same pattern and you're like the the two numbskull idiots like the, the bad guys that are not the bad guys are gonna do something silly and like cut the camera and they're gonna say something they're not supposed to and it's like after you watch like three or four days in a row that's not a binge worthy show you could watch one episode and be like that was a cool episode then you're gonna go out and play with your friends and then tomorrow you forgot all about the stupid jokes in the day before and then it happened again you're like but it also you're like 10 11 years old so it's it's awesome did you have Still to cool. watch VR Troopers? VR Troopers. I watched it only recently on Netflix. I did not watch it back when I was a kid. That show was ridiculous. It is definitely okay. was playing I on. I saw that one. Oh, if it's still on Netflix, just like have a drink, have a couple of drinks and check it out. Me and my guy were like, it's so bad that it's like, but we wanted to keep watching it. You remember the old... Um there was two the legends of the hidden temple well there was three because there was that one there was the other show that was like you had to climb the mountain on at the end oh, of this the uh, crag. that one and then the other one was the video game show now the video game when you were like in the video game yeah i didn't get to see that until i went to college and we had nick gas yes <laughs> i loved that show when i was a kid i loved the video game show like, you're in the video game this is amazing like but that was nickelodeon it was these these crazy teen sitcoms and then these weird game shows like you know double dare and all the other ones that was just fun i don't know i don't know tv was fun then it was not so serious. Yeah, speaking of fun, do you have any like favorite fun memories or like favorite scenes or moments from Alex Mack that come to mind? No, I'm not really, not really favorite scenes. I mean, I just, I remember watching her and then uh, the crush got worse because when she was in 10 Things I Hate About You and she was like super hot, for, like teenager boy. And you're like, whoa, wait, that's, wait a second, that's Alex and you're just like the whole thing got put out there but I think my my favorite memories of her was probably when she's a little older with she was in 10 things I hate about you I loved I loved her in that movie kind of the ditzy blonde but um fun it I don't know what it was I was I was stupid but before we get to, to 10 things I hate yes. about you do you on a serious note think that Alex Mack grew up and had any serious medical conditions <laughs> yes there, yes, there are way too many things that happened to her with the dumping of the ooze and everything else that, and all the other activities that she got herself involved in. Yes, definitely. She's she's some sort of class class A tort going on right now against a Aaron Brockovich style medical company. She definitely got some type of cancer. Yeah, she's she's her. hanging out with Aaron Brockovich, getting the, the whole big suing thing going on. But she caught your eye, and being that you were in middle school, you said, like, Melissa Joan Hart as Sabrina, the older girl was the allure, but was Alex Mack kind of, well, she's my age, so maybe it's possible I can date her? Yes, yeah, she was more, she was more, I guess, attainable. I mean, not really, I was, you know, <laughs> a, a short, fat kid from Michigan, so, like, I was just like, but... There, and I, I was also a super nerd. I'm like, she doesn't seem to mind nerds. We can do this. All right. I, I got it in. Like, I'm smart. I'm a little bit geeky. A lot of bit geeky. Uh, but I can hide it. And uh, I like sports and stuff. And she seems pretty active. We got things in common. Uh, but not really. But, you know, 
could, I can lie to myself as much as I possibly can, living in my in my bedroom when I was, you know, <laughs> 11, 12 years old. Speaking of her liking sports, she came off as a real big, like, tomboy character, which is why mm-hmm. I liked her. I was also a tomboy. Was that part of the appeal as well? Yeah, I, even, even my wife now is not a, a girly girl most of the time. She, we both love sports, getting down, getting dirty, playing in the backyard, you know, just doing stuff. And she's, she has her girly girl moments like all women do. And I, I appreciate every single one of those moments. Um, but I, I think I was more attracted to the, like, I can be one of the guys as well as a girl situation like it wasn't weird so I, I liked that like she was kind of a tomboy and like could handle herself and handle her own with these crazy criminal men and, and you obviously like married um someone like that but did you also grow up liking other characters like that like Icebox from Little Giants Mary Kate and just about every Olsen thing they always made her the tomboy and like Spinelli in Recess Spinelli in Recess was super hot uh Kim Possible also she plays a girly girl, but also has a little tomboy side of her. Icebox, yes. I I absolutely adore Little Giants. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Of one of my favorite kids' movies of all time. That and the Sandlot. I adore Those are Little like Giants. Top two, but I think Sandlot just has. I think Sandlot's a better story. It's but... the nostalgia figure for Sandlot, but Little Giants mm-hmm. has so many one liners. Yes. Sandlot for the. I mean, Little Giants for the comedy. Yes. Sandlot for the story and just yeah I actually I coached youth football and we had a little guy who was he reminded me of the the kid in in the um little giants they wrapped up in foam (laughs) and he literally was a short kid glasses and like really timid and I taught him like the help me god (laughs) he would do it he'd go on the field be the safety or something back there just hanging out and he'd look at me and he'd just go he'd put his arms up in the air and shake his arms at me and I would just start laughing so hard because I knew what he was doing in the middle of the game and his mom's like what is he doing I'm like inside joke not gonna no, inside joke <laughs> he's but fine I, he's fine he loved it but it was so funny I, I actually told him to go home and watch the movie and it's like I'll have to ask my mom and he did and she let him watch it and he's like that was great he loved the whole thing like I want to bring our football team out and watch it this one of these I think this year at some point it's crazy that kids just don't stumble on these movies because when I was little I was watching movies that were before me that were my brother's time like I loved Goonies even though that wasn't for me like I had to show my nephew he had never seen Hocus Pocus and I was like I'm gonna tell CPS on my brother that he's not sharing the classics right and like my mine was uh it was funny because it was Hocus Pocus was one um Halloween Town people never heard of Halloween Town the mm-hmm. Disney movie, and I was like, "It's a Disney original, okay, I get you." But it's a it's a good movie. It's it's fun. Um, but yeah, we Little Giants, Goonies. Um, there are so many Sandlot. There's so many kids movies that are out there that like. I don't know if if my generation was just more focused on like TV because that was our media because we didn't have the internet until later on in life. Um, so we just kind of had to watch what was there. But like boxcar children movies i watched all kinds of weird stuff like there was just i mean a lot of stuff that wasn't very appropriate either because like 90 80s and 90s pg is yeah interesting also i think our parents were just they like you said your mom worked a lot so did mine and my mom was just like as long as you're not like killing anyone just watch tv i was in love with pretty woman like yeah some of my jams yeah, we watched, I mean, we watched all of those. I remember watching Blue Lagoon. And my mom going, there's not a problem with this. And I'm like, Blue Lagoon? Yeah. Like, it's from the 70s, but 
I mean, there's boob in that. So you're like, whoa, mom said this is cool. And I was a boy, so I was kind of an idiot. So, but yeah, I, the, the hyper awareness of like our parents now that we know what's going on. We watch things before we let our kids watch it. I mean, I do have to, uh, because I know what my mom did. And I mean, I was no worse for the wear, I think. Maybe, you never really know. It's just a different generation, different time. I wish that kids were, I don't know, more curious about what came before them. Yeah, because I think think a lot of the stuff that we had was kids, especially like TV shows and movies, while they weren't wholesome, I mean, a lot of them were in in their own way, but they were, they had content. And even the kids' movies, like The Sandlot, have, like, as an adult, I still watch that. I'm like, yeah, this movie's still awesome. Like, it's still good. Like, it, there's, it's not a kid's movie, per se. You're not going out and watching Despicable Me 3 or 4, or whatever they're up to now, which I watched, and it's not bad, but um, it's there's no content to it. There's no substance. It's just mm-hmm. a bunch of fart jokes, which is fine, too. Not bad. Speaking of great content that I think kids should watch, they've brought it back, but I think the original, we can't talk about Nickelodeon without talking about all that, which had a plethora of beautiful girls, handsome men. Did you have any crushes on any of the Nickelodeon cast? Amanda Bynes until I figured out that she was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Josh um, Server got really hot. Yeah. I mean, and like, it really seemed like Keenan and Kel never really aged. No, they have not. At all. <laughs> I mean, Kel, Kel looks a little bit older, but Keenan still looks like he's 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, between, it was like, all that was like our version of, the kids' version of Mad TV. Mm-hmm. Like, we it was we were able to watch it, plus it didn't come out at midnight, so it kind of helped out too. I loved that show. That was, show that, was, that was a lot of fun too. I know they did bring it back for a while. Is it still back on? I don't think it lasted. Uh, kids just weren't feeling it. I can't imagine it a lot TikTok. of TV. Exactly. I can't imagine a lot of TV like lasts very long now. Like, unless it lasts streaming wise, and they put it out streaming, that's the only thing I can see you do it. But our the way we consume media is so much different now than what we did when we were kids. I mean, you just don't consume media the same way. Either you binge it all, or you pick it up here and there. But I don't. I don't know if like. This is like a whole concept of like having cable, like that most people, even my age, don't have anymore. Nope, not anymore. More about Alex Mack now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, in between Alex Mack and like 10 Things I Hate About You, which we'll get to in a second, Larissa was in a movie near and dear to my heart. We're talking about kids' movies. It's The mm-hmm. Babysitter's Club. Yes. Did you crush on her in that one? Or did, were you like, oh, that's a girl movie? Well, so I watched that one. Um, I have a sister. At the time, she was like five or six. So I've watched it. I mostly just watched it for the girls, though. I really, there wasn't much of the story I remember on that one. Um, it was a kind of a cast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, definitely. It was amazing. Um, in the actual cast, I'm looking at the movie right now just to pull the cast up uh, because I remember that she was in it. There were so many more people that were in that one, too. Oh, Rachel Lee Cook was there. Yeah. She's, she's still pretty hot um but there's so many here and i i liked the movie again it, it had a good story and it followed the books pretty well too because i did i did read a few of the books oh i'm a i read anything and everything so like i was reading like in the summertime with our house like if we had cable we watch tv but if not we go to the library because nothing else really to do except to play outside and my mom would just have us go outside and i'd bring a bunch of books with me like I would read Goosebumps books in the store while we were grocery shopping and finish the book while we we're grocery shopping so I could buy the next book. 
Oh, wow. I would, like, because I just read so fast. And it got to the point when I was like 11, my mom started letting me read Stephen King um, because I was reading at such a high level and she'd give me big books to read. Like, oh, and she'd be like, <laughs> yes. And it and also scared the living shit out of me a little bit. So it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, oh uh, and like, mom, is this really happening? And she was like, no, there's not a clown that's going to come home. Are you sure? <laughs> Some of this sounds pretty familiar. But, and like, it, it just grew my love of literature, a literature a lot. But I, I still read quote unquote kids books now. Like I'll read Goosebumps every so often, especially with my, my, my younger kids um, to them. And, but I had a love of reading and I, I did read Babysitter's Club, Nancy Drew, you know, just, it was there. I might as well pick it up, see what the hubbub was about. That's why I read Twilight. I read the whole series because I wanted to see what the big deal was. Um, uh, it was okay, <laughs> but it's just it's what it is, I guess. I just I was I was curious. I haven't the only one I haven't read that like everybody thought was really crazy. This is an adult book, but Fifty Shades. I tried, um, I tried. I couldn't get through the first like three pages. I was like, no. I just how did this get published? I had no idea. I couldn't do it. That was just too wild for me. It was my yes, own. it was too wild, and the punctuation and the <laughs> like the words. Oh my, it was it was bad. I was like. It was like they didn't even edit it. They were just like, send it to press, send it to and press. And it sold bajillions of copies because it is what it is. <laughs> they just they just printed it. It was like in college when the teacher prints a book and it's like, oh, go get it at the copy store. And that yeah. old guy bound it. For, <laughs> that's what Exactly. Is. And then they were like, wait it. a second. <laughs> this one's actually really crazy. Oh, yeah, that happens. But I mean, there's she's been in a lot of stuff i mean there's not been even even now that she's kind of got directing mostly what she's doing now but even she's been in some stuff recently but yes you are right between between alex mack and 10 and 10 things she was in this one and we'll get to 10 things now because it's funny she played this kind of like tomboy alex mack and then 10 things she's total opposite mm -hmm. as bianca she still keeps that rambunctious i think rebellious nature though because she doesn't yes. want to go out and party do you think like with your crush on her like did it evolve your crush in real life to liking maybe more girlier girls in a way yeah well it kind of showed me i mean in a fictional way <laughs> that you're not just one thing like you're not just the tomboy you're not just you can turn it on and off like you can be a little bit here and there which is why i probably like my wife as much as i do because she's not just one I thing hope so. <laughs> I, right i mean we've been, we've been together for 14 years i really hope so as well but um it, it's one of those things where she wasn't a one-trick pony she could do multiple different things and play different roles but also like it was alex mack being a girly girl and it was it was fun she had the the you know that a little bit of tomboyishness but really that was like secondary to her character it wasn't anything that was going to be forefront her forefront was to be the clueless uh sister a little bit and uh, you know go with Justin Gordon Levitt which you can't really say anything wrong with Justin Gordon Levitt so and do you try to keep tabs on her today like check out her socials just kind of be like where is she what's going on maybe every so often every so often actually because we did we did this uh podcast I did look up some stuff that she had been in and I I hadn't realized I'm just dabbling into this show for the first time I'm, I'm late to the game but um i knew she was in third rock i knew she was in third rock and she played uh joseph gordon levitt's kind of girlfriend-ish in that one a little bit too uh i love third rock in the sun but i did not know that she was in mad men and she was in the movie the show mad men and i'm, I'm kind of catching up on mad men a little bit so 
it's it's kind of one of those things where I, I heard this was super popular. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And then she's in it. And I was like, wait a second. I know that person. So, you know, if you there... could go back in the day and have been her boyfriend, like in that universe, not like yeah. Hellenic, but Alex Mack's boyfriend, yes. what do you think your like adolescent romance would have been like? I would have been the like cheeky cut up. Like I'd have been the, the goofy like dude, like she's she's protecting me constantly because I'm getting into trouble. <laughs> like I'd be the one that like would like walk into something that must be like I'm not supposed to be here. What is going on? And then she'd come and save my ass constantly. Uh, because it and I would like I would get knocked out and like think I was the hero or something and she'd let me believe it because she wanted me to believe that she was super. So like everybody would think I'm this cool person, but I'm really just like the dweeb in the background. Um you would be the Huey to her starlight. Yes, I would definitely be the boys reference as as most of a PG boys reference we can make. But yes, <laughs> I would be that. I would definitely be like the everyman that really thinks I'm cool, but I am really not. Um, but I would be funny at least. I mean, I'd make her laugh. That's that's my that's, that's my superpower in real life is I make my wife laugh. So that's why she chiefs me around. I'm pretty sure. Plus, I can cook. Oh check two boxes that are right <laughs> so we talked about alex mag larissa latex so now it's time to switch gears and we're going to talk more about yourself and the notes for goats podcast so yeah. when you and brandon came together for this did you two always have like a music-based podcast in mind or were there any other kind of themes or topics floating around so it was uh the concept of the podcast was brandon's he's a music he's a music major uh, i love music i've been um uh, multiple jobs with music since my since I was like 13 years old. I was a concert security guard when I was 13, 14 years old because I was uh, almost six foot tall and close to 300 pounds. So I was a big guy um, at 13. I just didn't know it, you know. Wow. Um, so I could I could pass off as an adult a lot of times. And so I was a security guard. So I I did that for side side money. Got paid on, on the table. It's great. It's a great time. Um, but I saw a lot of concerts for free. I didn't. I just did a little bit of work, but I got to see all these crazy cool shows for free. So I have a, a love of music, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I've seen it all. And the concept of the podcast was, how about we just break down an album once or twice a week and talk about why it's good or why it's bad or why this artist is bad or why this album is, is so incredibly good. You need to listen to it. Um, and it was a way for us to kind of stretch ourselves musically mostly brandon because his his musical knowledge was very tight it was kind of in his own little he was kind of his own bubble but he wanted to expand and he knew that i could kind of make that bubble grow but then we could also do stuff together where we found artists that we never would have ever listened to ever and just check things out and it's kind of how it grew and then we decided to go after it in the midst of a pandemic when you couldn't get any podcasting equipment because everybody was doing a podcast at that time and then uh, September of 2020, we got our stuff and we started recording. And I think we started, we came out like October, mid-October of 2020. And we've been going since. We're up to like almost 160 some episodes. Yeah. But you said you got to do these free concerts because you work security. Who would you say had like the best fans? As a security guard, I always loved going to see the boy bands. And the, right. like the... Um, the teeny bopper like pop punk bands not the big heavy metal bands because the those the fans for those young up-and-coming uh bands or the boy bands were rambunctious 
bouncing around all over the place. The crowd surfers were always usually pretty small, which was great for me because I was always grabbing them off the crowd. It's one of my jobs. Um, and they didn't cause a lot of problems while they crowd surfed about 50, 60 times each. It was constantly catching bodies left and right. They weren't really out there to fight or to cause any issues. It was really just to bounce around, sweat, and just enjoy the music. When you get to a band like the metal bands, like, you know, Slipknots and whatnot, and those bands that those fans are, well, they're big guys like me, and they crowd surf still, and it's really hard to pick up 250 to 300 pounds as you try to pick up bodies, but they also cause a lot of problems, and it's, it's a lot more of a gear yourself up to go to that kind of a show where you'd rather just go to, like, the the fans that really love music. I, I love going to a lot of these acoustic shows, too, because we didn't do much, which was kind of boring sometimes. If you liked the band, it was fantastic. I saw Dashboard. I didn't know what the deal was with Dashboard, but I just sat in the front of a stage and nobody moved. <laughs> yeah, sounds And they just dashboard. like swayed and, and sang back at, at Chris um, and then cried. And I was like, what <laughs> the hell is going on? Like my friend is like, I like Dashboard. I'm like, we left the show and I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, we just got paid like 50 bucks. I didn't do anything. I didn't break a sweat. Like it was just hot because there's a bunch of people, but what the hell? <laughs> he was just like, eh, we made 50 bucks. I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. I guess I saw a concert, but I still don't understand what we just saw. But it was just stuff like that. Like you have so many fun stories of these bands you see, the people that you meet. And I don't know, It's it was a, a good 10 to 12 years of my life that was just kind of a, a fun time. Well, now you're podcasting and you talk to like a bunch of different guests on your show yes. and they bring an album to talk about. I brought Backstreet Boys Millennium. You Oops. did. Um, has there ever been a record you thought, man, I'm not going to like this, but then you were like, hey, maybe I'll, I'll put this on my playlist. There's been a couple. Um, there was an artist from, um, I think she's from Finland. She's from the, Nor- like the, the Norwegian area uh, called Seagreed. Uh, a friend of ours brought her her name is Kayla and she brought her to us as an international artist we've never heard of before super kind of electro pop um, but really really good and female artist all by herself and she's young she's only I think at, at the time of recording of the album she was 16 17 years old um, she was one that I didn't think I'd like another one that I was like taken aback by was one that we actually did without a guest was Olivia Rodrigo I had no idea I had no idea the talent that's in that was in that girl that is in that girl that she put out at such a young age and that but then like we stumbled upon BTS Um, I still haven't listened to them oh my gosh they're like they take the boy band feel to a different level of what they can do um vocally musically and everything else and like as a Backstreet Boys fan I think you'd actually dig them because their choreography is on point because it kind of had to be um the whole South Korea thing but um the k-pop genre is like if you're a boy band a boy band or a girl band uh fan the k-pop genre is actually pretty decent and there was a couple ones 
that I'm we've... scared to like go down that hole because I feel like once you do, like I've seen people go from casual fans to like they're learning Korean. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> it, you you have to you have to have like a safety like a safety word like a, like a safe word there for like your significant other and be like, okay, if I if I start saying all this stuff, you just pull the plug. You say this word to me, and I'm like, okay, I gotta stop. Are they traveling to Korea? It's not even to see that. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna just immerse to go. myself in everything, and yep. I'm like, I don't have the the bank account to right? maybe invest in the k-pop like y'all do but and maybe they, i will check out the album and hopefully. i would say i would say bts and the other one that's huge is blackpink and they're they're a girl group uh, but they're they're another big k-pop uh star k-pop artist uh, that's one we're gonna do on the podcast i think shortly here i'll have to talk right into it but it shouldn't <laughs> take too much um but yeah there's there's been a few that have just like what like where did that come from like i didn't even know this existed and it's a cool thing about doing a hundred plus podcasts a year because we very rarely do the same ones over same artists over again we've done only done i think three artists twice and it was uh ed sheeran drake and kanye are the only three we've actually done two albums by i'm pretty sure and ed sheeran's because we, we chose to do one for Brandon's anniversary, uh, we did plus uh, or divide. We did divide for his anniversary, and then we did his new one in January of this year because uh, he was a Grammy nominee. So, but his new one's good too. So, and for you, what kind of makes the per- what's like the perfect way to construct an album in regards to layout? Well, like where should the singles go? How should it open? How should it close? Since you've listened to so many now, <laughs> listen, and I have lots of thoughts on that. There's so many that do it so many different ways. Um, I really love when an artist doesn't lead with singles um especially if they lead depending on the band because it's it's gonna be different for each band but if you go high energy to start an album off i feel like you have to kind of rope somebody in to, to listen to your album it's i i bring it back to the times when i was a kid and i couldn't buy single songs i had to buy either a three song ep or i had to buy the full album whether i wanted to or not if i wanted to listen to that song i had to like, record it from the radio or I had to buy the whole CD, whether I wanted to or not. So I love artists that will load their album up with one or two just banger, high energy tracks, just to kind of rope you in and get you going. And then I like to do it as like riding the wave. Um, you kind of start up high, you kind of come down low, and maybe you throw a single in in the in the first third, the third or fourth track, if you've got multiple singles that have been out before the album's out you kind of sprinkle those in um and then you kind of just end you kind of peak up again towards the end and then you just kind of peter yourself off and maybe at the end you throw that last crescendo in if you need it but a lot of artists don't i mean looking at like the newest harry styles album harry's house it's super chill the whole way through but it does take you on a journey i like to go if i'm listening to an album for it to be an actual experience and the artists that take the time to really Com- uh, compose their albums and put the output the tracks in to make to tell a story or to kind of take you along a path is what i really appreciate so it's more of an experience you are listening to the whole album because like you said in our podcast i do listen to a lot of albums and i listen to them from start to finish and there's some that i listen to and i'm just like what were they thinking like what is going on like it got a worse rating because of the composition of the album was so bad like whoever produced it was just like, I'm gonna throw this one here and this one there and that one there. Like, why would you do that? That makes no one sense. I just wanted to get it done. It was exactly. like Fifty Shades of Grey. They just said, Fifty, hey. 50 Shades of Grey. It. Yep. They just said, you know what? This is gonna sell. Or it's like a Luke Bryan, and they've got 
they've got five singles on a on a uh, 12 track album and they put all five in the first seven songs and you're just like oh mm-hmm. what's gonna happen like how's this back end gonna look and it's usually terrible Luke Bryan. Or you get like Ariana Grande when she did Thank You Next and she put all of her singles at the very, very end. We just did that album recently. It didn't go well. Oh, no. I didn't like it. Which I, but I think that's one of the most perfect pop songs. So. Thank You Next? Mm-hmm. Yes. The song is actually decent. I didn't like the album because she blasted Pete constantly on it. Um, like it was either blasting Pete or like immortalizing Mac, which mm-hmm. I get it when it was all done but at the same time you're like it's like the devil and the angel like Ariana and you're like what is going on with you but again she was going through a lot of time so I understand but I did not like that album alright so we're going to step away from music for a second and focus back on Nickelodeon real quick for a speed round okay uh oh (laughs) the best Nickelodeon sidekick Gerald from Harold good answer I feel like we're playing Family Feud good answer good answer Steve Harvey coming, looking at the camera because right? he said the penis. That should be on there. <laughs> uh, best Nickelodeon theme song. Big show theme song. Salute your shorts. Or Hey Dude. Mm, mm, those are both good. And your top three Nicktoons that come to mind. Hey Arnold, Rocco, and what's the skateboarding one? Raw Rocket Power? Power? Raw Power. Rocket Power. Rocket Power. Yes. That one doesn't get a lot of love. No, that was a really good show, though. It's similar to Recess. Uh, and then a Nick Arcade show that you dominate on. Double Dare. You would take your... Would you go on Family, the Family Double Dare? Or would you if on- I could take my kids now, yes. Only because they're all super athletic, and I would want to see them all go slime. That would be amazing. I know they brought back Legends of the Hidden Temple, and they it did. did poorly. But <laughs> I always thought, like, at these conventions they do, they do these, like big like they're all about 90s nostalgia almost all of them i'm like why aren't you teaming with nickelodeon and getting the aggro crag getting the slime like the double dare games like people would like you don't even have to you could charge and i would or like, like the, uh, american gladiators like even that american yeah. gladiators like thing that'd be super cool yeah it's like they don't think about these things i made so many suggestions to 90s con and i hope that they t- listened and took them to heart uh what do you have coming up later this summer on the Notes My Goats podcast. Okay, so the end of July, we will have the culmination of Hate Month, which you're going to be on again. Uh, we have a podcast scheduled for you to come on to talk trash about a band that you like, actually, but not an album that you like. And then um, we have coming up in the month of August, we have, um, we actually have <laughs> last year in the middle of August, we did uh, Nickelback all the right reasons um and brandon made me do it it was one of the ones that there's there's times throughout the podcast where brandon will make me do make you do albums i don't want to do because he knows i'm going to yell at him <laughs> because they're so incredibly bad so in the anniversary of us doing nickelback we're actually going to do creed's human clay um <laughs> that's going to be really fun um, i'm going to definitely uh go go nuts on that one we are going to do kendrick lamar's new album in august and i we do have it slated right now to do BTS in um, at the end of August, but I think I'm going to put Blackpink in there. Um, BTS has put out a new compilation album, but I think I'm going to have Blackpink go in that one. But then coming up in the fall, we do um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're going to try to do a 90s month in uh, in with our guests, at least, in September. We'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, we're going to do Pink. Um, the Spice Girls is going to happen. I don't Ooh. know why Brandon put that in there. I just saw that one, but... Nice. And then 
towards the end of the year, uh, something we're really, really super excited about um, and we're looking for guests is we are going to do a happy Thanksgiving in, in November. What it's going to be is every episode of that month is going to be a Tom Hanks movie soundtrack. Oh, I so, say, like Hank Williams? <laughs> no, Tom Hanks. We're going to do a Tom. It's it's a it's a merry or uh, happy Thanksgiving, and so we're looking forward to November being kind of a fun way. And then every year on the Nose and Goats podcast, starting our first year, and this is going to be our third annual, we do our twelve pods of Christmas. So we actually do twelve podcasts over the course of December all Christmas albums, some good, some bad, some in the middle, depending on how it goes. Um, some pentatonics, it works out. Um, but we do 12 different podcasts that month. Usually we do about eight. So we add a few extras, um, which kind of bumps our numbers here. But um, so that one's coming out. If you're a big fan of Christmas music, uh, check it out because every single year, at least 50 Christmas albums get put out. And we do old ones, we do new ones. Um, we kind of mix them around uh, just to kind of break the monotony of Christmas music so you can kind of hear what's fun, um, maybe some new stuff or stuff you have never heard of before. Um, everybody loves Christmas for the most part, um, at least parts of Christmas. And it's kind of one of those things. So we decided to, to break that out for our fans and our, our friends um, to listen to it. Plus, Brandon loves Christmas. Like he just, he loves it. It's one of his favorite holidays in the whole world. It's my wife's favorite holiday in the whole world. So we listen to Christmas music from like, like just after Halloween. I put the plug number first was what you can put it on the radio. But that's it. <laughs> uh, it can't go on till November first. But um, we listen to Christmas music for a solid two months uh, in our house, on in our in our kitchen or in the cars. Or she just got XM radio, so I'm gonna be. It's gonna be constant. Um, <laughs> it just is. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. She she got it in my car too, so she can put it in my car. I'm I'm screwed, but again I love my wife and exactly it's it's no there's no Thanksgiving music so she doesn't care so she's just like no Christmas. If she could decorate for Christmas all year long, she would. Like she wanted to have like a holiday tree where it was like an Easter tree, a Fourth of July tree, and she if if I would let her do it, she would do it, hundred percent. Where can people hear the Christmas episodes and everything else online and find you can- it? You can find the Notes Magoats podcast. It's uh, Magoats, M-G-M-C-G-O-T-S on uh, Apple Pods, uh, Pandora, iHeart, pretty much every big podcast network and all the little ones too, as we said to mention. We're pretty much everywhere by now, um, been around. Primarily Facebook-wise or social media-wise, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We do dabble in Twitter every so often, but I get lazy and forget about it. Um, and I can do Facebook and Instagram at the same time, generally. So it's there. Um, we do a lot of fun stuff on, on social media, do share a lot of fun memes and just random that I can find. Um, Cause this stuff comes to me for some reason and stuff we make. Um, but we do a lot of fun contests and a lot of community efforts in our community in West Michigan. Um, we do, we, we sponsored a baseball team this year and did some fun stuff there and just kind of, we try to give back to the community as much as we can. We don't make any money off our podcast. It probably costs us a lot more money than we ever imagined, but it's fun. So we do that. But yeah, if you're looking for a music review podcast, what I tell people is look through our catalog and find an artist that you like. Um, maybe not you love, because if it's you love and I bash them, because I probably did, you'll hate me. But something you like um, that maybe sparks spark some sort of joy in you be it nostalgia be it something you never heard before be it something you just really appreciate an album and check it out 
um, our our podcast is not one you have to listen to uh, in order um, at all. We're not sequential. We don't do anything. That's a lot of fun. We do have some some running jokes we play against each other, but you can kind of pick up on them pretty quickly because we are like teenage boys. Um, but yeah, if if you're a fan of Luke Bryan, uh, Nickelback, um, what's the other one? Greta Van Vliet, and maybe Billie Eilish. Stay away from those ones just for a while. Uh, just give it a minute or two because I got a little bit heated. Also, if you are a fan of the Fugees and you're a big fan of social justice, check that one out. We did film that we recorded that on January 6th of 2022. So on the day of the ins or 2021 and the day of the insurrection that, that happened ish in Washington, we were filming, we were actually recording and I got a little bit upset, but in a good way, I would say. Yes. Um, so there's been fun all across the board. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your Nickelodeon crush and your wife's crazy Christmas obsession. And I yes. wish you well in December. And everyone, you can find all of the Notes and the Goats podcast information below. And until next time, keep crushing it. <laughs> <laughs>